What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Wednesday, January 25, Pro Football Talk Live, presented by Google Pixel. Learn more at googlestore.com. Minor technical difficulties on the way in. If one of us wouldn't show up so close to the start of the show, we'd have these things ironed out before the show started. Do you hear me, Chris? I hear you. I don't know what it is. I might be getting to like the end of the lifeline with my earpiece because I feel like when I'm touching that, it's like going in and out. So, you know, the little button that clips on to the earpiece, whatever, maybe... Maybe it's come to his life's end, but yeah, you're, you know, you push the limits. That's what you are. You're, you're the Antonio Brown of this show. We're just, you know, we just hope you show up on time. You're kind of, you know, that, that guy, that's who you are. <laughs> when I sat down, Courtney said 90 seconds. That's the earliest I've been all week. So I'm getting better as we get farther removed from what was a grueling weekend of travel and work, even though it's not really work. We're not complaining about our jobs. I, I, whatever. Jobs. I, I complain. I'll complain. Do you want to hear me complain? I'm tired. It is work. You know, no, I don't. Kiss, kiss my butt. Okay. It is. I'm tired. I'm exhausted, actually. All right. So thank you. I will complain. I, there it was. <laughs> I'm very happy about one thing, though. What? Today was the first time I've noticed just hints of daylight. As I came upstairs, I always look out the window, make sure the barn didn't burn down, make sure I didn't, you know, leave the door open on the stove if I had a fire going or some other calamity down there that caused it to be reduced to a pile of smoldering ash. But I sense that morning will be breaking, and that is something that, as we know, this time of year, It'll continue to get a little brighter and a little brighter and a little brighter until they take our hour away. We've got to do it all over again. But it's kind of nice to know that we're on that trajectory toward longer days and shorter nights. I like that time of year very much. I like it to be daylight when I wake up. I, the daylight doesn't wake me up, although the freaking birds do. By the time we get to May and June, 
I just I, I like more daylight than darkness. I think most of us prefer more I daylight than right. darkness. You're right. I don't mind it in the morning. I actually don't mind waking up and it being a little dark and kind of like easing my way into you know the day and the brightness of the sun at least at first. But but I hear you. It is, and you're noticing like the clock at the end of the day too. Where at least here in the Northeast. You know, a few weeks ago, 4.30, it was dark, right? You know, now we're hitting the 4.50, 5 o'clock. There's still a little light in the sky. So uh, we're still at the early process here. But at least we're going the right direction. We're getting there. Well, and we're getting there toward the end of the season for everyone. The season is over for 28 teams now. Four remain. And one of the teams who is done, didn't expect be done right now expected to still keep going expected to make it to the Super Bowl the internal expectations were suffocating for the Buffalo Bills still picking up the pieces as to what will happen and it's still only three days removed from their loss there have been no major changes yet Brandon Bean the general manager of the Bills met with reporters yesterday to talk about specifically the loss to the Bengals at home in the divisional round and what the Bills need to do moving forward to try to take the next step. Have a listen to some of what Brandon Bean had to say. Yeah, I mean, if you don't win at all, Adam, you're going to look, and, and you got to look right at yourself first. And so um, I will definitely look at the makeup. You know, in this case, you were talking about offense of offense. And what did we do well? We ha- I mean, statistically, we did a lot of good things this year. But, yes, um, you know, the other day, 10 points is not going to win many playoff games, most likely. You know, we know we got to score more than that. And, you know, our, our offensive players, coaches, all of us know that. And so we'll, we'll look at it all. Again, we'll, we'll start with myself. But there's nothing I can sit here and say. We just, you know, I can't remember a game, and you guys may know it, where, you know, we kick off down 7 nothing, three and out. Down fourteen, nothing, three and out. You know, in a long time since I've been here, when when our offense was rolling, at least the last three years, I can't remember us doing that. And so it just, for whatever reason, you know, we didn't we didn't get it done the other day. I think you can look at all sides. You know, you get down fourteen, nothing to a good program, you kind of get out out of your game plan a little bit. You're not you're not you're going more hurry up less under center, less, you know, you're just, you're just doing a lot of things to try and play catch up. And, and again, our, their offense was, was doing a nice job on our defense, you know, up front, you know, that game in particular up front, we didn't get it done on either side of the ball. And again, um, that starts with me. So Brandon Bean taking the blame for what happened. It's easy to do if you believe you're very secure in your position. You're, you're otherwise writing your own pink slip if you're not secure in your position because if ownership listened to what Brandon Bean had to say, their reaction may be, okay, you're right. It is your fault. Bye-bye. We're going to hire a new general manager. So and I, I don't say that facetiously. I mean, when you have a team, and we've talked about this, when you keep knocking on the door at some point, ownership is going to decide that we have the wrong person knocking. We need someone else to do the knocking. We aren't able to kick it in, and we've got this special talent in Josh Allen. What are we going to do to get with Josh Allen where we think we need to be? And the offense, 10 points, clearly not good enough. 
We never would have dreamed the Bills would be held to 10 points by anyone. Even the 85 Bears, we'd think, wouldn't hold Josh Allen and the Bills to only 10 points over 60 minutes. And, you know, Chris, I wonder whether there's a disconnect between front office and coaching staff. And the one guy that I point to in that regard is Naheem Hines. They traded Zach Moss for him. They had to get him. I thought they'd use him. He had two kickoff returns for a touchdown in the first game after the DeMar Hamlin cardiac arrest. I just checked the game book from the divisional round. Four offensive snaps for Naheem Hines. A special talent. We talked about it when it happened, going into the playoffs. Hey, who, ha, look at this talent you've got. Use this guy. Get this guy out there. Devise plays. Use him as a weapon to counter and balance Stephon Diggs. Four snaps Naheem Hines had in the divisional round game. Four. Well, the the first thing is, you know, again, I, I wouldn't condone doing anything rash. Or if I was talking to ownership, I'd be like, wait, wait, you, you guys are doing a lot of good things here. It's It's what, four playoff appearances in a row. It's we've done more than knock on the door. They've cracked the door open a little bit. They got to the AFC championship game. Yes, they lost a magical, unbelievable TV moment type game to Mahomes in Kansas City in Kansas City. You know, this year, again, only losing four games, you know, 13 and four on the year. Right. Am I right? 14 and four maybe on the year with the one game, you know, not not counting against the Cincinnati Bengals. So there's there's a ton of positives. And I would definitely say if that was the conversation to, you know, I, I would preach patience. There, there's, there's too many good things about the organization. They've been one of the most relevant at the top of the, you know, at the top of the leaderboard to start seasons and to end seasons every year. Yeah, they haven't won a Super Bowl. It's disappointing. We also know that the AFC is damn good and it ain't that easy to go through there right now with some of the quarterbacks and especially the guy wearing red and got a big one five on his chest. That makes, I mean, we're talking about a guy that's an all time great already in Mahomes, So that's not easy to overcome too, you know, but, but to your point, Mike, and things there, you know, uh, like Ahmed Farid and I did an exercise before the year about top rosters in football. And there was a lot of shock about on our podcast and a lot of shock when like Buffalo wasn't in our top five. And, you know, again, that doesn't mean you can't be a top five football team. Their coaching is really good on both sides. Josh Allen covers a lot of holes. But I do think that the talent on the team was a little overrated. And I think we've hit on that a lot during the year. You know, whether it's the offensive side of the ball and not having enough there to help Josh Allen or on the defensive side of the ball, a lot of good players and McDermott and Leslie Frazier are very creative. But as we saw Sunday, you know, or we've seen in other playoff games. There's never a one guy that ever jumps out to where you go, huh, they can't block that guy, or two guys like other good defenses have. And I think that's one part of their team they're really missing, and I think Brandon Bean is probably speaking to that a little bit, and they're going to realize that that's got to get better in that department. Right, but if you don't have a top-five roster and you have Josh Allen. Yeah. Josh Allen yeah. is the thumb on the scale to help you have a top 5 roster. Sure. What are you doing to put the pieces around him? And hey, I we said a year ago, boy, if the Bills had been the ones to trade for Von Miller 
and signed Odell Beckham Jr., and they may have won a championship. Right. So they signed Vaughn Miller in free agency, and they were connected to Odell Beckham Jr. They were one of the finalists, and I think at the end of the day, Beckham wasn't interested in playing in 2022 or knew that his knee wasn't going to allow him to do anything, and he was just trying to parlay, okay, I'll be a- around for the playoffs, but this is more about having me for 23, 24, 25, and he's still going to be out there if he's healthy. So that's a guy they could consider. But I just feel like the efforts to improve the roster aren't. And that is the kind of thing when you have Josh Allen, when you have gone out and gotten a franchise quarterback, it creates an urgency. Yeah, that's that's true. And a mandate. Right. To take full advantage of that. To, to go all in while you can, not in a reckless F-them-picks way, but look at how the Bengals have kind of emerged from decades of slumber because they have Joe Burrow. They're like, oh, God, we got a franchise quarterback now. We have to do things differently. We have, we have a window that's open for us, but we can't just rely on our franchise quarterback to pull us through that window. And... I, I, I'm I trying to be fair. I'm trying to be objective. I'm trying to set aside the fact that I respect and like Brandon Bean. I respect and like Sean McDermott from the fact that you've got a team that's got a franchise quarterback that doesn't have a good enough team around him. I mean, look, the Chiefs have had Patrick Mahomes longer than the Bills have had Josh Allen, yeah. and they've got a team around him. They've found a way to do it. They've got Mahomes on a major contract, and they're still putting the pieces in place and getting them on the field. There's a smoother connection, and maybe because Andy Reid's the guy who's got all the juice in Kansas City, that they're not bringing in guys that the coach may not use and the offensive coordinator may not use because the same guy who's putting together the offense and the team is the same guy that's essentially got final say on who gets on the team and who doesn't. Yeah. So I think that's something they need to they need to take I a step you. back and make sure coaching staff and front office are on the same page so that the guys they're getting are the guys they're using and they're getting guys that are going to help them thrive because right now there's a there's a a disconnect somewhere between who they're signing and how those guys are or aren't performing. Yeah, well they, they're maybe not as aggressive in free agency. That's the one thing you look at, right? As some of the other top teams that are out there. Again, we can look at Orlando. I mean, the back to the Kansas City Chiefs in that situation. Yeah, not only Mahomes and then Kelsey, who's an all-time great tight end, you know, but they've gone out. Joe Tooney, big money, right? Orlando Brown, make a trade, big money. We're gonna do that. You know, they made moves for Frank Clark in the past, right? They they brought in Justin Reed at, at safety this year. He's a good player. You know, and then while infusing that with guys they've drafted and that young talent there. Buffalo has done all the young talent. Hey, scouting, they got a lot of great B-plus, B-players, A-minus players. But I think it's some of those moves we're talking about. You know, Von Miller, right, that was an eye-popper to us because we hadn't seen them do that a whole lot. We saw them do that with Diggs, right, three years before that. But, it, you know, again, I think when you look at some of the other teams, there's multiple moves like that on their roster. And that's where... You know, I think they're finding that, you know, we're getting in these moments here, the final eight teams, hey, you know, we all know coaching's important and the plays are important. But at times, like, 
in these type of games, and we, you say this all the time, right, Mike? The NFL is so close, it comes down to four or five plays. They don't have a guy that can help make those four or five plays, right? I mean, we know, like, hey, oh, there's Jamar Chase in the middle of the field. He catches it. Oh, he makes somebody move. Oh, zoom, rockets up his butt, and now he's up in the, in the end zone, makes a miraculous play, right? There's just not enough of that to go around. Or, or hey, we're Buffalo. We're sending a three-man rush, and look, we're all over Joe Burrow. Oh, but wait, when Cincinnati sent a three-man rush with Trey Hendrickson, that free agent signing they had that they spent a lot of money on, man, he was all over Josh Allen. So they're just, they need a few more of those guys, studs, the Nick Bosa's, the, the, you know, the guys we're talking about on a weekly basis who F plays up, disrupt, and make big plays in big moments. And to me, that's where I think we both harped a lot on the year that it's a lot on Josh Allen. He's, it, it's, it's too much there, and then it's a little too much on McDermott and Leslie Frazier to always come up with the perfect game plan, and that's where I, you know, we're, we're back into the conversation of needing a few more studs on both sides of the ball. You could argue in some respects the Bills have already blown their window because they're into the Josh Allen second contract. The time to do it is when your young quarterback is on a rookie deal. And look at Cincinnati. They've got great players who aren't making much money. It allows them to pay other players more money, and the total roster ends up being among the top five, whereas the Bills aren't. And that's something else Brandon Bean got into yesterday. The advantage the Bengals have because Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are still so early in their careers and their compensation is limited by the league-wide rookie scale. Have a listen to Brandon Bean talking his way with reporters through that reality. They right now are on the advantage of a rookie quarterback contract. And, you know, they had some lean years and without getting too much into their build. And, you know, I don't want to suck bad enough to have to get Jamar Chase. Like, he's a heck of a talent. I'd love to have him, but you got to – you got to go through some lean years to do, to do that, and you know they, you know they were able to get Burrow one, and I don't remember where Chase was drafted, but it was pretty high. Like, and those guys are on their rookie deals. We're paying Stefan Diggs a pretty hefty number. We're paying Josh Allen a pretty hefty number. So there is the constraints of the cap. Jamar Chase was fifth overall, by the way, in 2021. He's in year two. Joe Burrow in. Year three, he was the first overall pick, obviously, and I I get it. You have to be a crap team to get yourself in position to get the best players. And then you've got to get it right when you get a Joe Burrow and a Jamar Chase. You don't want to get yourself a Jamarcus Russell or a busted receiver. You want to scout properly. You want to make the right decision. You want to develop those players. But it's happened for the Bengals. And, you know, the Bills are one of those teams that's always drafting so low that, that yeah, what do you do? Well, this goes back 10 years almost, but, you know, they, they went all in to trade up and get Sammy Watkins. They thought they were getting their Jamar Chase. Different regime altogether. But, you know, that's the problem. And sure. now what will the Bills do? Will they get antsy? Will they start saying F them picks and try to trade up and get a guy? See, I feel like what's happening now, aggression is going to yield to desperation potentially. That they're going to do something 
that maybe they wouldn't and shouldn't otherwise do to try to rectify the situation quickly, and it may blow up in their face. They need to guard against that. They need to guard against overreacting to this reality that they're caught in the sure. big money years for Josh Allen, yeah. and they feel like they feel like the only way they're going to get a great player is to get him in the draft. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I hear that. They're, they're, it's, it's, it's certainly maybe their best avenue as far as like adding up everything that makes sense there, and and money wise and all that. The draft, sure, right. You know, hey, the Bengals, let's just get in on that first off. They're going to be in the same boat here after the year. They're going to – Joe Burrow, it's, it's year three. He's going to get a contract next year in this offseason. It's coming. So they're going to have to start wiggling their way through this too. But, you know, I think overall and generally, hey, there's still ways to do that. We know that you can improve your football team. It doesn't necessarily have to be huge splash name players. It doesn't. You know, again, look at what Kansas City did. They opted to go, wait, okay, we've got Patrick Mahomes, we've got this offensive line, we can't pay Tyree Kill, right, a billion dollars, all right, that's fine, we're going to let him go, but then they found some other guys and some value signings that made sense for their football team that, you know, no, don't replace Tyree Kill, but replace the element. Oh, there's Marquez Valdez-Scanling. Yeah, he runs 429, that's right, so when we want to go deep, we can kind of scare you with him. Oh, there's Juju Smith-Schuster. Right, so they found ways to find some difference-making value, you know, players there that weren't huge money, and to me, that's where Buffalo is just dropping the ball right now. It's lack of explosive players on both sides of the ball, and I think the game says that. Last year's game says that. I mean, Tyree Kill catches the ball and just runs through the defense. Nobody's even close in Buffalo. It's not even close, and I know it's Tyree Kill and he can fly, you know, but they just never have that type of guy. And then you can even flip that over to the defensive side of the ball. That's why we were excited about Von Miller, but we saw how much they missed Von Miller the other day. We saw it all down the stretch. You know, their defense did not look the same. And then you talk about the explosive thing, too. You go, yeah, well, they're not that explosive. Explosive teams can play man-to-man at times. Buffalo can't play man. That was a huge problem. You're playing the best zone quarterback in football in Joe Burrow, and they knew, man, we can't play man-to-man because there's no way we can match up with these guys. They have to become a more explosive team on both sides of the ball. It can't always be Josh Allen making magic like we saw in the game, the touchdown drive. Look how hard it was. Hey, Josh Allen design runs. Josh Allen laser in between people. Josh Allen another design run. Josh Allen buy some time, throw a deep out route to the right. I mean, and that's where, and then there's Joe Burrow going, oh, boom, boom, oh, oh, boom, oh, boom, right? And again, it's just, that's where it's a little different, and that's kind of where I look at it. They're a team that's very close. We know that. But it's like you've said a bunch, you know, very close is four or five plays. Four or five plays seems close, but it's getting those type of guys uh, to make those four or five plays. And that's where the Bills don't have the same guys like we saw the Rams have last year, not even in the same stratosphere as the 49ers or the Eagles as far as those guys we're talking about. Mike, you brag all the time about those 49ers guys. They got them growing on trees everywhere. Right. And then, you know, you talk about the AFC teams. Of course, they got a handful of them as well. So that's where I really look at it. And I know, we're, you know, I'm hitting on the same thing there over and over. But I think it's a glaring, glaring need. And, and it's something that pops up when I talk to coach friends around football, Mike. It's the same thing. You know, I hear the same thing there, too, that they just think it's too much on Josh Allen as well. 
27-10 is in four or five plays, though. 27-23 is four or five plays. They didn't lose by four or five plays on no. Sunday. They got their asses kicked no. at home well, by agree. a team that we would have thought was inferior to them. Well, so that's yeah. why this one stings. Last year, last year, right. it felt like they got screwed. It felt like they should have won. It felt like they were good enough to go to the Super Bowl and win it. And for a lot of this year, it felt like that was the case. The losses felt like aberrations where they – dramatically outplayed the Dolphins, but still lost the game. Outplayed the Vikings, arguably. Blew a big lead in that one. Lost the game. Blown leads were the problem, not building leads. This loss, the final chapter of their book of 2022, there was no lead to be blown. They were down 14 nothing. They had an opportunity to be the team that finally comes back from a big deficit, but they just couldn't do it. They're not built to come from behind, not with the players they have around Josh Allen, because what happens is you see, and, and Chris, at some point, at some point, it is about Josh Allen and how he performs under specific circumstances. He may be a guy who, when it's 0-0 or 7-0 Buffalo or 14-3 Buffalo or 21-10 Buffalo, is firing on all cylinders. He may just not be guy who brings you back from big deficit. He may be guy who tries to do too much when game starts to get away from him. And that comes down to coaching. You got to coach him through those spots like Doug Peterson did with Trevor Lawrence in the wild card round. But I'm having a hard time thinking of some signature moment from Josh Allen when the team was down 10, 17 points and he put the team on his back and carried them to a comeback, and we were like, wow, Josh Allen, it's always when things go well from the get-go and the Bills come out and kick your ass, and they're impressive that way. So some of it's no, on you're, 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 him. You're short-selling and, that. There's so many games where they're down a touchdown, they're down fourth quarter, he comes down, answers. Of course the game with Mahomes last year and all that. I mean, there's, you know, and that I know was he, back. In, I'm talking about, I'm talking about a lost cause. When has there been a lost cause bills game where Josh Allen morphs into an even bigger superhero than he is. I, he had his okay. chance on Sunday. All he had his right. chance well, all day long, that's, and that's it. That's the biggest game of the year. Yeah, but, I don't care what you did in any other game. I'm going to apply the same standard I applied to the Vikings to the Bills. If I was a Bills fan, I would say, I don't give a shit about what you did all season long. The biggest game of the year at home, you didn't answer the bell, you didn't show up, and now you're getting trolled by Eli Apple incessantly because when the lights were the brightest, you didn't show up. If I was a Bills fan, that's what I'd be feeling right My, now. But I know, but, you know, again, we, we saw a lot of signs coming down the stretch, Mike. I mean, he had to drive them on a game-winning, game-tying clutch drive to cut, you know, tie the Dolphins. It wasn't easy against the Jets. They barely got by Detroit. You know, again, they got outplayed the last game of the year by the New England Patriots, except they returned two kick returns. You know, there's been there's been a lot of that. Uh, that that's where it, it it's it's all on him at times. That that's where it, it's just too much. Yeah, there's no 17 point comeback win, but okay. I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks we could say that about. We can't. I, mean, I don't see a signature comeback win from Joe Burrow like that either. So, you know, that's not. He, I, I don't think, like, he's the least of their problems. Whoa, 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 whoa. Do we forget the AFC Championship from last year? Okay, you're right. Yeah, I'm wrong. The first no, half you're right. Kansas that was City. epic. That was Biggest epic. Biggest game of the year. Okay, you're right. Yeah, I was wrong. That's the point. You got you to gotta thread one of those needles in a gigantic spot 
to build the legend. And Josh Allen has built his legend in a different way. He's well, built he, his legend by being 6'6", rocket arm, carved from stone, untouchable, 70-yard missiles with the flick of the wrist. But at some point, it's on someone. I don't know who. Well, he did it against Kansas here. City last year, Mike. Fan. They have to kick the ball, and the defense has to stop a team from driving in 13 I, seconds. I, 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 you know? I know. That's, I know. again, I he know. needs some I help. Know. It can't always just be, hey, Josh, I now know. there's 15 seconds. But that's my point. Stop. Well, okay. You know, he's been extremely clutch. That's the my numbers point. all bear that as far as fourth quarter comebacks, fourth quarter drives. I mean, I, you know, it's so so I, I get what you're saying as far as that, but let's not boil it down to, oh, wait, the guy who's definitely one of the three I, best players in football now is the problem with the team. Come on. That, that's crazy. Well, you know what? You know what? You know what? A week ago, he was definitely one of the two best players in football. And now Joe Burrows pushes his way into the conversation okay, by knocking great. out Josh Joe's Allen. the man. And yeah. it, narratives change. Narr- narratives change. Chris, narratives change. And results on the field are what make your legacy as a football player. That's what's shaped my attitudes about Kirk Cousins. All I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, as we search for answers in Buffalo, we can't just give Josh Allen a pass. I don't think you should. I don't think I should. I don't think anyone should. When you have an outcome like you had on Sunday, 27-10 at home, when the Bills had previously been 13-1 at home in the postseason and the snow was flying, which felt like it should have been a Buffalo Bills day, I think that in this effort to figure out what the hell happened, I I think that everyone should be under the microscope, including Josh Allen. That's, that's That's my point. And, and and it gets back to the point that I've made over and over and over again. If you've got a true franchise quarterback, which Josh Allen clearly is, what are you doing to coach him up? What are you doing to get the most out of him? Are you just saying, and this is one of your narratives, ah, Josh, it's fine. Josh will yeah, Josh will take exactly. care. We don't need to have a of super course that, Yeah, there's some of that going on. We don't need to have on. bells and whistles. Yes. We don't need to have all that. Josh Allen will take care of things. Yes, of course. That's what I'm trying to say. I mean, again, let's go through it more constructively then. Okay. I mean, we know we're taking Jamar Chase over Stephon Diggs for sure, right? All right. So that, that, that we're doing. Stephon Diggs is really good. You go to the next receivers, all right, you're taking all Bengals receivers. I mean, all of them. And then, oh, absolutely! Right, absolutely. so Gabe, Gabe Davis is the fourth receiver on the Cincinnati Bengals. That, that's the, the next weapon. Now, they got Joe Mixon and Samaji P. Ryan, who I would say is better than both backs. Both of those guys are better than the guys the Buffalo Bills have. Let alone, we know Josh Allen's the best runner the Buffalo Bills have. You know, so that's, that's what we're trying to say. Let alone, there was no Trey Hendrickson on the field you know, in that game. They don't have the safeties you know, that, that, that uh, Cincinnati has. They don't have D.J. Reader, who's maybe the best run-stopping nose tackle in football. They don't have corners on the outside who are, you know, can play man to man. And Eli Apple, hey, cover Cooper Cup all game, or you know, yeah, Cooper Cup or whoever. You know, they they don't have that. So th- that's to me what I, I'm trying to say here. Yeah, they're to your point, Mike. They're a regular season team. They are a little bit. They feast on the poor. They do. You know, we've seen that. Yeah, but in playoff football, the dynamics change. Coaches go outside their box a little bit. They start to change. They go, oh, we got to go all in to stop this one thing. If we want to win this game, we got to do that. And that's where the Bills get exposed. And, you know, that, that to me, again, Josh Allen was not his best year. I know he was careless with the football. It wasn't perfect. I get that. But I'm just saying that you're going to get some of that when the guy has to do too much all the time. 
That That's all I'm saying. And it's fair to evaluate him. I get it. He made some mistakes this year. They still were really damn good. They just need some blue chip, cream of the crop type football players. And I just think again, when you name the the players on the other teams that are still left, they're not even in. The, they're not even comparable to to what the Bills got in that department. And it's also coaching, because look at the net difference between Brian Dayball and Ken Dorsey. Look at what happened with the offense. And this is this is again why I say, especially if you have a franchise quarterback, probably a good idea to have an offensive head coach, because. That's the main guy. If your head coach is your offensive coordinator as a practical matter, if he's the play caller, if he's the Sean Payton, the Andy Reid, even though Andy Reid's delegated, still, if you're an offensive wizard at the top of the chain, you're the one that is joined at the hip with the quarterback. We don't think of Eric Bieniemy joined at the hip with Patrick Mahomes. We think of Andy Reid joined at the hip with Patrick Mahomes. Zach Taylor joined at the hip with Joe Burrow. Sean McVay joined at the hip with Matthew Stafford. I know this isn't the best year to make that comparison, but last year it was pretty damn good. Sean McDermott's never going to be joined at the hip with Josh Allen. And the guy who is joined at the hip with Josh Allen, if it works, bye-bye. I'm a head coach now. See ya. I'm going to go join myself at the hip with Daniel Jones. And we don't have to worry about after a great season. I know Mike Kafka may end up becoming a head coach somewhere else, but so what? Brian Dable's the guy there who's joined at the hip with Daniel Jones. The offensive coordinator is just an enhancement to that relationship. I'm not trying to get Sean McDermott fired, and I'm not trying to keep defensive coordinators from getting hired. But when you have a true franchise quarterback, Chris, I think you need to have an offensive head coach because you can't have these little dips that come from going to Brian Dayball to Ken Dorsey because I think that's one of the problems. And Gabe Davis last year, he showed that he can be great. Four touchdown catches in the biggest game of the year. Why wasn't that built upon? What went wrong in the organization from last January to this January to have a result where there was an uptick in his production yeah. from he, he only had 35 catches yards to 48. Right, 549 to 836, but it wasn't the kind of jump we thought we were going to have. And I don't know. I don't know. Stephon Diggs threatened by Gabe Davis. I don't know. Did Did – did he get the proper support from the entire organization to become what we thought he was going to become when he had four touchdown catches last year against the Chiefs? I don't know. But all I know is pass, fail, fail. Whether it was coaching, whether it was just broader support, whether it was Gabe Davis not challenging himself to play like he did in that game. It's, it's, there's a lot. What do, they, what do they say? Success has many fathers and failure is an orphan. Well, let me tell you, in Buffalo, I think failure has many fathers. And just based upon this half hour we've been talking about it, there's a lot of things that went wrong in Buffalo, and there's a lot of things that need to be fixed, which tells me they got a lot of work to do to get to where they want to be. Maybe more than one offseason can Well, the, like, like we've all – I mean, the, the, the difference between the divisional championship and getting to the championship game and getting to the Super Bowl is there's, there's a big difference usually in that quality of the football team, as we see. I mean, the, there is. And I think that's what we're we're describing right now. You know, we are. You know, and, and again, I think your points are real, but I don't think it's so much that we panic and start to go, oh gosh, we gotta blow it up or make a major move here. There's still a ton of I'm good. Saying that. I know. I'm not saying that. I know. I'm just saying don't expect a little spit and polish and you're gonna win a Super Bowl. I mean, if you're if you're a Bills fan and you're trying to set your expectations for next year, I don't think you go into twenty twenty three saying, 
ah, it was a little fluky there. We're good to go. Let's just keep chopping wood. Let's keep knocking on the door. Let's keep pounding. I feel like they got to do more. And first, they got to identify what they need to do. That's the problem. Look at the conversation we're having. I guarantee you those conversations are happening inside the organization. What exactly do we have to do? And it's easy to say, well, the Bengals are lucky because they've got Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase on rookie contracts. Where do they got to start paying those guys? You know what, Chris? I got a feeling they're still going to be pretty damn yeah, good when they right. have to pay those guys. Right. No, I uh, agree. Agree. You know, and, 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 and I think everything we're saying here is, you know, constructive. We respect the Bills. There's a lot of good things about their football team and where they are as an organization. You know, I think also, too, we gotta we gotta take into account the the human aspect of what we saw on Sunday. They're a team. There's no team that went through the emotions and the roller coaster of human, you know, ups and downs that they did this year too. So that could also play a part in them being a little flat on Saturday. I don't care what you know what you say. They they went through even before the Demar Hamlin thing. We went, man, the Bills have had to go through a lot this year. Then they got the Demar Hamlin thing, and we went, holy crap. I mean, wow. And I think some of their players spoke to that the last few days. They, 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 they probably were emotionally exhausted in a lot of ways. So I, I think there's that aspect as well. Um, but, you know, I think all in all, yeah, you know, you said it right. There, there's got to be something there that's drastically done to change their football team. We see a matchup of two every year where, you know, they, they seem to be in a little bit of a problem and can't, like, they – like, oh, wow, all right, whoa, they can't match up with this team. This is hard. And uh, that's where they got to figure out a few things. And, you know, I don't know where it starts, Mike. I mean, as far as the positions of importance, right? If you were to break it down for the, the Buffalo Bills and you just looked at it and you said, what's the, the number one position they got to address? Or let's take what's the top three oh. positions. Let's address those first and well, then we can rank them. But, how, right. you know, what, where would you start if you're Buffalo? When you've got a franchise quarterback and you're not getting the most out of his talent because you only have one receiver who's getting it done, that's the most obvious. they got to bring in receivers. And we talk every year about how there are so many great receivers in the draft. It's becoming like the running back position. They need to be scouting the hell out of the receivers, and they need to be trying to do like the Steelers do. And the Steelers, even with great receivers last year, what they do? They drafted like two or three receivers in 2022. Now, they traded Chase Claypool during the season, but – that's what the Bills need to be doing, coming up with ways to create this next wave of great receivers within the organization. And, and look, I said it kind of jokingly. You didn't react to it when I said, is Stephon Diggs threatened by the potential emergence of Gabe Davis? But I can't help but wonder. And you get a complicated package in Stephon Diggs, a guy we love. But I could see him kind of giving that little side eye that he does. If they start loading up with receivers, hey, I'm him. We don't need these other guys. Well, Stefan, we do need those other guys because, number one, it's keeping you from being him. And, number two, I don't know how much longer you're going to be him. we got to be thinking about having more guys that can do what you do. It can't just be you plus a collection of guys who aren't you. We need to find some other guys who are you, and you're just going to have to deal with that. I mean, I would agree with that. I hope he – you know, realizes that as well. I do. I mean, we know he's a guy that wants to win. 
We know that too. So uh, hopefully, he and the ball. He wants to win, and he wants sure, the ball. Sure. I'm, 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 I love the guy. He wants. It's not just he wants to win. He wants to win, and he wants the ball. Well, yeah, all receivers do. Because that, he thinks if fine. I have the ball, we'll win. Sure, sure, and that's fine. And and you know, I think to the point you're making, where he, he get another weapon or another receiver that scared defenses. I don't think it's going to affect his catches at all. I don't. We see plenty of teams with two, three really good receivers, and they got, the ball still spread around in a way that everybody's happy and really probably would make more explosive plays, maybe doesn't have as many catches, but has just as many yards and more highlight plays. That's what will happen, right? Diggs is awesome. He can do a little bit of everything. But even to that point, he's not Jamar Chase, right? Jamar Chase is at a point where they go, wait, he's one-on-one, we throw to him. And – it's a completion, or like we saw in the game, the defender just holds him and goes, oh, gosh, he's about to run by me. I have to hold him, right? I mean, he's, he's an unstoppable force. He's become like Tyree Kill or Justin Jefferson. Stephon Diggs is not quite that. He's awesome. Don't get me wrong. But he's not like, oh, it's man-to-man. We're, just, we're going deep to Diggs. He's going to run right by him. You know? So that's where I, I do think another explosive element would help him out, the rest of the offense out. And I, I agree with you. I think you know, wide receiver the, – the positions I come to more than anything are wide receiver, corner, and D-line, right? There's, there's Cincinnati the other day. They're not worried about the run. They're just going, oh, our front four will stop the run, no problem. We can have all these guys back in coverage and give Josh Allen problems. And then – you know, flip side of that is there's Buffalo going, oh, wait, it's backup O-linemen, but damn, they can still run on us, and we got to put linebackers up in the A-gaps and crowd the line of scrimmage because Joe Mixon's running for 10 yards a carry, you know, and they're doing whatever they want. And and so those are some of the, the other two areas, Mike, that, that I kind of look at with them that I think need some some improvement. They got to do something about running back. Okay. I, and, and I don't want to – it's too easy and it's fantasy. It feels like it's fantasy football focused when you say receiver, running back, tight end. But you know, when you have Josh Allen, receiver and running back are clearly the top two for me because they need a guy like a Joe Mixon. They need a guy who can bang it between the tackles. They need to settle on one guy and let him become the guy, the guy who will wear you down as the game goes on. I know there's been a trend over the past 15 or 20 years to go toward two or three running backs – and, and that keeps you from ever having to pay any one of them, and you've got a guy healthy every yeah. week. Maybe there's something to be said for having number one, number two. And number one is a guy on whom your running game rests, and you use him, and you keep using him, and you don't get infatuated with what Josh Allen can do. You use the running back to balance out the passing game, to keep the defense honest, to get them on their heels, to set up play action, to set up those big Josh Allen throws. Yeah. They just don't have it. Now, maybe James Cook year two can become maybe that. Can, right. But we they need to evaluate that and ask themselves. Yeah, right. Right. Because, because, hey, hey, Josh Jacobs is available in free agency. Right. And I've already seen some people suggesting maybe the Bills should go get him. And on one level, it sounds a little too simple. At another level, it sounds a little too simple. It sounds very simple. It sounds very enticing. Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, bring in a guy and make him the centerpiece of your running game and commit to balancing out your offense. Yeah. So if you run it effectively, then when you surgically unleash Josh Allen, oh boy, there's seven, and there's seven, right. and there's seven, and you don't have to worry about being down by 17 points Again, in the AFC Championship. Right. Again, the four teams that are left all have that. Oh, divisional round. Well, yeah, but you're saying it. The four teams that are left have that. 
Oh, Joe Mixon. Okay, boom, big game, divisional win. Oh, up the middle, Joe Mixon. Boom, boom, boom. We're worried about that. Oh, we got to stop Joe. Oh, shit, Jamar Chase is wide open. Right, you you know, you're exactly right. You know, you look at the Chiefs. What do they do this year? We've all talked about it all year. It's made them a different team. Isaiah Pacheco between the tackles. Holy crap. Oh, wait, Mahomes gets hurt. Not a big deal. Look, they got another avenue to, you know, pound you up the middle, make plays that way, help out Chad Henney. Right, the 49ers and the Eagles. We know that's what they do. McCaffrey, you know, Eagles do it a little differently with the Miles Sanders Jalen Hurts combination. But to your point again, you know, there they have that element, right? And then they have other guys on the outside: Debo, Ayu, Kittle, Whoa, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. Oh my gosh, you know, you know. Then the guys in Kansas City. And then, of course, Cincinnati. So, uh, again, there, I mean, I I think it's when you really start to talk it out, it's glaring that, you know, when we start to compare them to the other teams we're talking about here, and you go, yeah, wait, those guys aren't the same as the guys you just mentioned, and uh, they certainly don't have that, Mike. You're right. Remember when Christian McCaffrey first was believed to be available? Yeah. Bills were in that combo. Should make a move for him? Yeah, right. And and I, I just I feel like how do I put this without pissing people off any more than we already have? I feel like when those opportunities arise, the Bills realize five minutes too late they should have done it. That that they get caught up in their fears. And hey, it was a calculated risk by the 49ers. A two, a three, a four, and a five to absorb that contract for a guy who's got a recent injury history. It's the nature of the position. It's not the player. It's yeah. the position. Right. The position gets guys injured. And if you're Brandon Bean and you're thinking this through, you're thinking, man, that's a lot to give up by way of picks and cash for a guy who may sprain his ankle the first game he plays with us, and he's never the same. So we'll go Christian McCaffrey light. We'll go Naheem Hines and then never use him. Now, I keep coming back to that disconnect. Naheem Hines was there was their junior version of Christian McCaffrey. And but for the two touchdown returns on kickoffs in Week 18, I'd look at that trade and say, what, why, why did you even bother? What was the point here? Why did you even bring him onto your team? You didn't use him. You didn't use him the way we thought. At least the Colts. I mean, the Colts used him more, and it felt like they weren't using him enough. Now he's gone basically AWOL in the Bills' offense. So, so again... I just feel like these these windows open, and some teams know when to jump through, and some teams know when not to do it, and other teams are standing there wondering what we should do while someone else does. And I feel like the Bills are that team that's standing around wondering what we should do while someone else makes that big move that makes a big difference. Last year, Vaughn Miller and OBJ, Rams win the Super Bowl. This year, Christian McCaffrey, 49ers very well may win the Super Bowl. That that's another thing that I think is more institutional with the bills that they need to fix that the next time opportunity knocks, they better answer because somebody else is going to. Yeah, sure. Eagles, AJ Brown, right? I mean, you know, you you can hit on that. That was a certainly, I know that was the off season. It wasn't during the season, but it was a big move to, to kind of put them over the top to give them that formula where we go, man, it kind of seems indefensible at times as far as what they do. Um, So yeah, I think we hit on a lot of good things. Again, I'm I'm a big fan of what they're doing in Buffalo. I am. I, I you know that. I'm, I've always been Sean McDermott fan. 
I like what they do on the defensive side of the ball. You know, of course, I love Josh Allen, and I like a lot of the things on their offense. But there has to be some change there, I think, to your point. It's got to be a little bit more. There's got to be – oh, so we've got to be worried about some guy that can run up the middle. There is no worry there. They've got to add that other weapon in the passing game. You know, And, and they're, they're not far off. They're not far off. But it's not an easy solution, I think, is the biggest thing. It's not easy to find those four or five guys that are all going to make sense money-wise and difference-making-wise and put it all together to put out a product that I think we're talking about. We'll see what they can do. They're a pretty smart group. They've done something pretty damn good up there in Buffalo. But, yeah, their eyes are on the Super Bowl, and they're, and they're falling short in that department. Well, they've turned around a team that was mediocre at best for 20 years. Right. But that's the problem. When you – when you constantly tease and entice your fans to think you're finally delivering on that thing they have wanted for so long. And that's one of the big common threads between the Buffalo and Minnesota fan bases. You can either, as a fan, you can circle the wagons, you can sit back, you can say, we have full faith in the powers that be and we're just along for the ride, or you can you can start asking some tough questions about what we're doing because the years go by quickly. You got one season at a time. Before you know it, five, seven, ten seasons have gone by. What do you have to show for it? Are you Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, or are you Phillip Rivers, Aaron Rodgers? What do you ultimately have to show for it when it's all said and done? And I'm already seeing the Phillip Rivers comparisons to Josh Allen just by way of career ultimate outcome. What do you have to show for all that greatness? And they're telling us to break because we've been going longer than I thought we would on this conversation to the point where we had to skip over some things we wanted to do. But one thing we're not going to skip over, there are many offensive coordinator openings. We're going to go through them and and evaluate how desirable any of them are, if any really are. We'll do that next year on PFT. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.